We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. And we are going to preview – welcome to our Wednesday edition. We're going to preview Week 6, the week that Kansas upstages Alabama and Texas A&M and the Red River rivalry. Bill, what is going on in Lawrence, Kansas? I mean, that was a big win for them, obviously, a big moment for them. Um, those Ranka shirts are outdated. Like I said, they would be last week. <laughs> I was right about that. I mean, you're ranked now. Stop crying. You're 19. You've got game day in your backyard. Um, you know, they, so, I mean, they deserve it. That they're, they're 5-0, and oh, and that's what you're supposed – that's how you move up the rankings in this game. You keep winning. So, I, I – why did they put the game at noon, though? Like, that's not – like, how are I mean, you supposed – to go to game day, get in the stadium. Where where are these people going? It to happens. Go? That, it happens that, at the Red River rivalry too. What can you do? Yeah, that's true. So I mean, but that should be a three thirty game. I mean, that should be a, give them a an actual spotlight there. And um, problem is they're running into a really good TCU team that just blistered Oklahoma last week behind Max Duggan, who absolutely should be on your Heisman radar after the performance he had. Yeah, he's been he's been amazing. He has been amazing. So, welcome in. So, our, our show today we will break down the best games to watch in each viewing window, uh, update our confidence contest between Bill and I, and uh, you'll see yours truly making a move. Still in second place out of two, but making a move. And then we'll have a little trivia, a little trivia for Mister Bender. He's been very impressive this season so far. And then we will bid you farewell so bill let's look at our viewing windows some friday nights we preview a game this week you can focus on some mlb action all right the major league the major league baseball playoffs friday night i'm a padres fan i think they made the playoffs did they make the you're in Ohio. The Guardians are playing on Friday. No, <laughs> yeah, no good. My wife, my wife's a bit. I think behind me here, there's some Guardian. Yeah, they're right down here. 
Where is that? Yeah, I have a Greg Swindell starting lineup figure behind me. That, okay. You know, that's if that's proof that we have Guardians fans in the house, I don't know what is. Bust, bust that out Friday night. All right, take, All the, right. take the night off from college football, watch some baseball, and then Saturday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So Saturday at noon, just like you talked about, the game of the weekend Game day heading to Lawrence, Kansas for football, not for basketball. Number 17, TCU at number 19, Kansas, noon on FS1. TCU enters as seven-point favorites. Uh, First-year coach Sonny Dykes against second-year coach Lance Leopold. It's a very fun matchup. TCU coming off a 55-24 blowout of Oklahoma, where, like you said, Max Duggan was unbelievable, 300 yards passing, 100 rushing. And Kansas held off Iowa State 14-11 in its its first defensive struggle of the year. Uh, Kansas had scored at least 35 in every game before that, but it was a defense that saved the day, and Iowa State helped with three missed field goals, including one with just seconds to go. So, who has the edge in this one, Bill? Uh, it's good. I mean, it's coin flip. It Both quarterbacks have been awesome. Jalen Daniels, 11 touchdowns, one interception. Max Duggan, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Big plays, both sides. Um, you know, I TCU has the edge in theory. Uh, 550 yards of offense a game, second in the FBS. Um, but Kansas is at home. And they, they, when you start to string together victories and – you know, like I said, as you know, I'm averse to the whole Twitter campaign to make a team good. I, I, I generally load that because Twitter doesn't tell me what to do, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> like everybody else. But just Kimberly. Yeah, just yeah, just my wife. But they they there's something to it when you start stringing it together and then you can have a magical season. And if Kansas wins this one that I, I believe they've got Oklahoma soon. I mean, that could be. Imagine like Kansas being able to give Oklahoma like a fourth loss. Nobody pictured that coming into the season. Certainly not me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really fun game and it's, I always, 
as much as I was making jokes about the Ranka shirts and uh, not feeling anything for them, again, they did cut down the national championship in basketball. So let's not sit here and act like can- the Kansas campus is depraved of anything. They're not. Um, it's a good story. And I'm glad game day's there because I, I think they listed the locations where they haven't been, and that list grew a little bit smaller. I think that's awesome for the campus. Yeah, I think they won their final 11 basketball games in the spring. And now they've won their first five yeah. football games in the fall. So not too bad to be a Kansas Jayhawk student. Like you said, it's hard to maintain this level of excitement and energy week after week and pulling off upsets and, and being surprising. First time 3-0 and since then. First time 4-0. First time. But I think the presence of game day will keep that energy up right. and it will prevent a letdown. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a fun game. I, I mean, I, like I said, they'll probably get both get up in the 30s and to have that edge, and you know. But here's the here's the here's why I'm cynical about it. So let's say TCU beats them, and then they lose another one, and then Midnight Madness is coming to Kansas. Where are those students at? <laughs> they have Midnight Madness or at the Kansas game the next day. So like that's why. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm not downgrading anything they're doing and the other problem they have and this is a very the actual thing they should worry about is lance leopold stock has moved up now we're not talking about lance leopold as coach of the year at kansas we're talking about nebraska coach press conference lance leopold wisconsin will they take a look at lance leopold yeah so i think those are the things that come with winning and we had talked about that last week the catch 22 of being a program like this where being excited about winning versus keeping the coach. And, and that's a fine line. Definitely. Definitely a distraction they're going to have to deal with. There's no question. And he's going to have to deal with. Uh, he'll, he'll try to shut it down as best he can, but he can't prevent people like Bill Bender writing stories about whether he should go to Nebraska or Wisconsin. So. All right. Honorable mention at noon, the noon window. Number eight, Tennessee at number 25, LSU. That game is going to be on ESPN. Tennessee, two and a half point road favorites lsu a bit fortunate to escape auburn last week they were down 17 to nothing they forced three auburn turnovers in the fourth quarter ended up winning 21 17 Jaden daniels a knee injury had to leave that game but he should be fine for tennessee uh vols had an off week and they have alabama next week i don't think there's any danger of them looking ahead to alabama do you no because they can't and <laughs> so I've loaded this one up too. Kansas has been to a BCS Bowl in 2007. That is a shorter time frame than Tennessee's last win against LSU. You have to go all the way back to ancient history in 2005 to wow. find that last win. And I had I read the game story last night because I was curious. Overtime game, Gerald Gerald Riggs Jr. scored the touchdown to lead Tennessee to a victory over LSU. Um, that is why they can't even let Alabama get in their head because LSU is better and LSU is coached by Brian Kelly and LSU is a blocked extra point and overtime away from being probably ranked a little bit right in that neighborhood. They'd be top 15 if they were four and oh or five and oh, I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, this is, I, I think this is going to be the better game in the noon window in terms of Tennessee's got to get this one done. They've got to go in there and show that they can win. That's not going to be easy. It reminds me of last year when Ed O was on the hot seat and they still beat Florida. They weren't supposed to beat Florida, but they beat Florida down there. So 
it's a trouble spot for Tennessee. We're going to find out. But, I mean, it's, if Hendon Hooker – it's the ifs. If Hendon Hooker doesn't throw an interception and is awesome like he is every week, they'll be fine. But that's a tough game. Yeah, we'll see if that offense travels to an SEC uh, hostile environment. Noon LSU game, a little different than a night LSU game for sure. I think Tennessee keeps it going, and then it sets up a really fun game against Tennessee and then Alabama. Saturday afternoon, the game of the week that we talked about yesterday, number 11 Utah at number 18 UCLA, 330 Fox. Uh, Utah, four-and-a-half-point favorite. 12.30 local time. Like I said, Bill, they can go to the beach after the game. Hopefully the students go to this game and see some great Pac-12 football. It'd normally be a Pac-12 South game, but no more divisions. Uh, so now it's just a big Pac-12 game that's going to have an effect on who's in the in the championship game for the league in December. Utah's won all four games since their heartbreaking loss in the opener. To Florida, who knows what they would be ranked if they were 5-0. and uh, they've, they've won every game by at least 28 points. They beat up Oregon State last week. One week after Oregon State took USC to the buzzer. And then, of course, UCLA unbeaten, ranked for the first time this season after giving Washington its first loss Friday night at the Rose Bowl. You saw UCLA won 40-32. to They were up 40-16 to at the end of the third quarter. Uh, DTR had a great game. Threw for three, ran for one, hurdled a man, which I hope you saw on Twitter. Is, is UCLA finally here under Chip Kelly? They're close. They're, they're close, and this is one of those proving games. I mean, Utah has dominated this series in recent years. They've, they've averaged like 47 points in the last five games. UCLA's had trouble stopping them. Um, I picked against UCLA last week, and they DTR proved me wrong. So here's another chance to do it. I mean, and we had talked about this on the podcast yesterday – I would make the argument this is the best game of the week mm-hmm. just because Utah, the way they've stormed back from that season opening loss, UCLA averaging 40 points and 500 yards of offense, and Chip Kelly's finally got that thing rolling. Um, ironically, right at the Oregon level, you know, on some levels. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and plus the uniforms are cool. I mean, UCLA has the undisputed – I mean, we're not talking about favorite teams – like UCLA has the best uniform in college football, the blue on the gold. I, it's that my favorite one. Stuns me that you say that because I I hundred percent agree. There we go. There we go. Hundred percent agree. They it's have, the most I, beautiful I, uniform <laughs> in the sun in the Rose Bowl. It's the best uniform in college football and by far. So funny. We've never talked about that, but yeah, they are my number one. And Utah, too. Utah has some interesting combinations, but they could just rock the white ones in there, and it or, and it'll be fine. Um, so good, you know. I'm always a sucker for a uh, a good uniform game, and this is one of them. <laughs> and a beautiful setting too, like you said, the Rose Bowl. But Utah's defense has been great, one of the best in the country as well. They're very physical, and you know, I, I would. What did I t- say the uh, spread was? Uh, three and is, a half. Uh, Utah by four and a half. That's about right. I would favor Utah slightly in this game. I like their defense as much as D- as well as DTR has been playing. Uh, and UCLA can run the ball a little bit. Utah is very physical, and we'll just see if, if Cam Rising can take his his show on the road and and keep it rolling for Utah because they are, they have been rolling. He, he threw an interception in the final seconds at Florida. They were that close to winning in the swamp on, on in week one, and it's been it's they've been on a roll since. So honorable mention 
for the Saturday afternoon window just because it's just kind of interesting. Auburn at Georgia, number two, Georgia, 330 CBS game. 29.5-point favorite. Why is this interesting? Well, we want to see, one, if Georgia kind of gets its uh, act together after being really tested by Missouri for four quarters, and that's two weeks in a row of a little bit of subpar performance, suboptimal performance for the Bulldogs. And then, of course, what happens you know, with Auburn and Brian Harson? They've, they've had two disastrous losses the last two weeks. But victory was in their hands against Missouri, and then it was almost in their hands against LSU with the 17-0 lead and then just turnovers in the fourth quarter. It could have won both games. Uh, everybody's on the Harson watch. And so this – Again, will this be his final game? <laughs> well, I mean, what a ridiculous standard. Like, hey, dude, you're fired if you don't beat Georgia. Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> you're fired if you don't go down to Georgia and you're a 29-point underdog. And, oh, by the way, if you don't win – I again, I think it's how they look. Like, if this is a 45 – remember uh, Mark Rick's last game was something like – I think Alabama beat them 38 nothing. It was rainy. I just remember Nick Chubb standing on the sideline. It was bad. Um, I'm trying to pull up, see if I picked Georgia to cover or not. You got to tell me these things. Um, Monday was very long. But so it was like, what? what is the – I think it's just how they look. Do – I have Georgia winning 41-13. to 13. So let's say that's the score, Bill. It's 41-13. to 13. Do they fire Brian Harzen and do I have to text you the next day and say – Here's what we have. actually have some of that stuff in the in, in progress. Um, right. So, um, you know, like what, what do we, do they fire him the next day if they lose 41, 13? I don't know what their standard is. Honestly, they almost fired him last year when he went six and seven after one season. So we've seen obviously six coaches be fired in the power five ranks already. None from the SEC, which is surprising because it means more in the SEC and they seem to be a little less patient. But ironically, the SEC is the last uh, conference to have let a coach go. But Harson has been hanging on by a thread. Um, anyway, this could be his last game. It's, it hasn't been a memorable Harson era necessarily. But I am curious to see what Georgia looks like after nearly stumbling at Missouri last yeah, year. Yeah, I think this is more about them. Like, mm-hmm. okay, do you have a closer gene? Do you have a do you have a killer gene? Are you gonna come in at home and just blast the team that you should blast? And and you know we talked about this yesterday, this perception of who's number one, who's number two, who's number three. And I think to me it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't because I I think we're gonna see it sort itself out, but it's fun to talk about. It's fun to say, okay, this week belonged to last week I would say belonged to Alabama. You know, even with the Bryce Young, will this week belong to Georgia or will it belong to Ohio State? Will they go up to Spartan Stadium and just destroy Sparty? And uh, this is that chance for Georgia to kind of flex. Like you said, they've kind of, the last two weeks, they haven't covered. They didn't look great. It's hard to put a finger on it. Um, but other than losing all the NFL guys, but we'll see. I'll definitely tune into this game. It's a good good second TV game this weekend, which is crazy that Auburn, Georgia is a second TV game. Right. But I think Auburn will have their attention too. There's definitely Mm -hmm. an an Auburn, Georgia rivalry that Georgia people talk about. And I don't Mm -hmm. think they'll let, they'll have another slow performance, so to speak. Saturday night. This is the SEC game. Everybody was waiting for 
in August. It's lost a little bit of its luster. Texas A&M at number one, Alabama. CBS, 8 o'clock. Doubleheader on CBS this week. Doubleheader SEC on CBS this week. Alabama, a 24-point favorite. One year after Texas A&M beat Alabama. Uh, A&M, they're always a soap opera. This week, it's coming off a loss to Mississippi State. The offense was stagnant again. It ranks 105th in the nation, Bill. It's not good when you're facing Alabama, which has the number one defense in the SEC, number five defense in the nation. Nick Saban was testy in May after Jimbo beat him out for the number one recruiting class. This is where uh, is he's going to try to take it out on him. Bryce Young looks like he's going to be okay. Saban said Monday he does not have a long-term injury, so my guess is he'll play. Uh, can A&M somehow muster enough to beat Alabama two years in a row? I don't think they can win. I think they could cover. I mean, that's my that's really my only piece of drama is, is <laughs> we like I, – I always talk about this at length. Um, when Texas A&M beat Alabama at Bryant-Denny in 2012 – and Johnny Manziel did his thing. I, the most excited I was to watch a regular season football game was the final season or the next, the following season when they played in. And I wanted to see, you know, I, because Johnny Manziel was so polarizing, it was some of my buddies were like, we don't even care about the SEC, by the way. Like most of my buddies, I do because I write about it, but my buddies, they care less. They're Big Ten guys. Um, but they were texting, I want Johnny Manziel to be. You know, I want him to beat Alabama and the other ones. I want Alabama to stomp him. And nobody got what they wanted. It was a close game. Like, Manziel played really well, but Alabama won. Um, That's how I kind of feel about this one. There's probably some people that are like, I want to see Jimbo do it two years in a row, save his job. Not in Texas, of course, but, uh, you know, for the Longhorns fans. But And there's other people that want to probably see Alabama light him up after all the, the back and forth. And I don't think anybody will get what they want. I've got Alabama winning. Um probably about, about the same score as Auburn, Georgia, you know, it'd be like that. It don't, and I hope Bryce Young plays because if he doesn't play, yeah. It, it, or if he's limited in some way, that does change the trajectory, not only the, their game, but the entire season. I, I just don't think A&M is going to score. I mean, are they right. going to get, are they going to get more than 14 points against Alabama's defense? Probably not. I don't think, Saban is going to be substituting liberally. I think he's going to want to make sure that A&M is not scoring. He's not a big run-up-the-score guy, I don't think. Uh, It hasn't been in his history. But he will will keep the the foot on the gas on the defensive side of the ball, I think, for four quarters and try to, you know, limit – what A&M does if Alabama scores a defensive touchdown or something like that, things could the score could balloon. But uh, I would say once the game's in control, Saban kind of just keeps it in control offensively and doesn't necessarily try to try to run up the score like well, probably well, some people anticipate what, he'll try. What does a let's do the same exercise? Let's say Alabama wins forty-eight to ten. What does that mean for Jimbo Fisher? I mean, like, he's got job security for the next 10 years right like they're not does gonna, he yeah does i mean it's at texas least five A&M years people, texas a&m people we're dealing with here like <laughs> boosters like let's say they get beat 52 to 10 56 to 10 and that's what they're two and what's their record how many lo- they have three losses right no they're three and two 
three and three, three and three. Like they'll go crazy. They'll there'll be some craziness on Twitter if they get beat like fifty-two to ten. Like a booster will offer the payout and to pay out the buyout. And I don't think he's going anywhere. But man, I mean that's you're paying nine. It's like we wrote about it last week. You're paying nine million for that to lose right. by forty-two. I mean. The higher that score goes up, the more interesting social media is going to be Saturday night. Right. I think that the the there's a storylines to be found in the two SEC CBS games, but like you, like we said earlier, I think the best SEC game is going to be that LSU Tennessee game that's on ESPN at noon, rather than uh, the two games that CBS is going to be showing. One other game that should be like I said, a good game. Not as much in the national spotlight, though. Honorable mention Saturday night. Number 16, BYU, taking on Notre Dame from Las Vegas. 7.30 game on NBC. Uh, it's the part of the Shamrock series. Notre Dame is favored by four. I think it will be close for four quarters if the Alabama game gets out of control. This is a worthy swap over game. BYU is four and one. They beat Utah State last week uh, 38-26. Notre Dame, of course, two and two coming off a bye week. Uh, it just should be fun. Uh, you know, I've seen BYU's Jaron Hall, the quarterback. He's ranked fourth. I've seen him fifth. I've seen him 11th among draft-eligible QBs. He's certainly going to be picked apart uh, as the draft approaches. Uh, so hopefully this game will this game will be as good as the uniform reveals for both teams. I don't know if you saw Notre Dame's or BYU's. Check them out. They're both pretty funny. Uh, they play on the Las Vegas theme and everything. BYU going with uh, mostly black uniforms for this one uh, with a little royal blue sprinkled in. Notre Dame going with white shirts and white pants, which is a, a rare rarity for Notre Dame. But uh, both schools spent a good amount of money on the uniform reveal on their, on Twitter or whatever. So what are your thoughts on this game, Catholics versus the Mormons? Yeah, I, there's got to be a Vegas joke in there. All the Catholics and Mormons. I'm I'm Catholic, so I'm I'm cool. I'm allowed. Um, you know, uh, fun game though. I you know I look back at their series. It's always pretty good game when they play too. So you know whether it was in Provo or South Bend, a fun game. Two independents that you know to me are base. These are the two independents that are basically Power Five schools anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Pine is the story for me here, you know, completing 70% of his passes, keeping the offense moving in the right direction, been pretty efficient. Um, There's going to be a lot of attention on Jaron Hall, as you mentioned, because of his NFL draft prospects. But I I think Drew Pine is going to make the difference here. He keeps Notre Dame's offense moving in the right direction with those receivers, with Michael Meyer, get a running game going a little bit. This is a tough game for Notre Dame. There's no question because BYU is physical. Um, but I just keep flashing back to the Oregon game where they were outclassed. And I'm wondering if Notre Dame can't match that physicality. And uh, if Drew Pine doesn't turn the ball over, they'll be fine. Um, fun game, too. Just that they're doing these neutral site. I like neutral site games. I do. I, I don't like like them in abundance. But, like, this is a cool spot in the schedule for it, to have them go out to Vegas and play. And um, a, a cool game for both teams. I like Notre Dame. But, um I have to like Notre Dame. I, I'm Catholic. Like I said, I can't, I can't, I can't go that one, but no, I, you know, BYU is a really good team too. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a pivotal game for Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame fans are obviously, you know, they're looking at what is this team? Is it six and six? Is it kind of, would they somehow go nine and three, 10 and two? And this, this will indicate a lot as to what they're going to be 
what their potential is moving forward. They still have to play Syracuse, who's undefeated. They still have to play USC. They still have to play Clemson, and now the BYU. So I mean, there's potential for a six and six, seven and five type of season, which which wouldn't uh, bode well. But if they follow up the North Carolina performance, which is pretty good against another pretty good team in BYU, optimism will reign a little bit more among Notre Dame people. Yeah, and it'll get them one step closer to a bowl. And, right. and I'll, like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where out of sight, out of mind isn't the worst thing for them. You know, they go about their business. The North Carolina win was good um, to kind of recalibrate, get towards seven, eight wins, keep the recruiting momentum. Uh, where do I have them in our latest bowl projections? I have them playing like Iowa. I wouldn't watch that. I would Charlotte. Yep. Yeah, and, and the, the yeah, Duke Mail Bowl. Yeah, we send one of our our Charlotte people for you know, sporting <laughs> news offices are in Charlotte. We'll send somebody down there for that one. But Kirk Ferentz playing for the mayonnaise. Yeah, like Kirk Ferentz getting a mayonnaise bath is something I don't need to see. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, very good. All right, so that's our viewing previews. Let's get some Trochi trivia time. You ready, Mr. Uh-huh. Bender? You know where I'm going with this one. You know. We're talking about America's team. We're talking about Kansas. Okay? Oh, gosh. Don't answer the question yet. You're going to have to think about it. And this one you really are going to have to think about. I made it tough on you. But you've been really good with the trivia so far during all of our podcasts. This is the, the in only one time in the past 26 years, Kansas has finished in the top 25. One time in 26 years. Okay. Uh, Lance Leopold is one of eight coaches to coach during that time frame. How many of the seven remaining coaches, excluding interim coaches, can you name? Can you name at least six of the seven Kansas coaches of the last 26 years, not including interim coaches? Think about that while we're making our picks. I think you can do it. I think you can get six out of seven. I got seven, confidence. Seven in Kansas coaches in the last 26 years. Is well, the Leopold's question. the eighth, but yes. Leopold's the eighth. Okay, so there's seven years. others. Yeah, Seven I'll... others. Seven others. Okay, we'll have fun with that. I think you can do it. All right. So, confidence contest. For those who are new to the pod, We Bill and I pick four games against the spread every week. We order them like a bowl confidence pool. Four points, three points, two points, one point. And we see how we do. Trochi makes a move last week. I went three and one. I missed my four pointer, but Kansas, Mississippi State, and North Carolina covered for me. So that gave me six points. Bender, a rare offer. Washington, yeah, that was bad. Washington, LSU, Michigan State, and Texas Tech let you down. Scoreboard now reads Bender 20, Trochi 16. I will kick us off. With uh, the four-pointer, I won the week, so I will make my four-pointer, then you will make your four-pointer, and we'll go back and forth from there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My four-pointer, Kansas State, minus two at Iowa State. Kansas State beat Texas Tech last week, avoided a letdown after their big upset of Oklahoma, which was impressive. They've had that one hiccup game against Tulane on their resume. Of course, I picked them that week. Um, but otherwise, they've been they've been good every week. Adrian Martinez is having so much success. It's great to see after his struggles at Nebraska. Iowa State has lost back-to-back physical battles against Baylor and Kansas. Going to be tough to get up for this one. I think the Wildcats win big. It's a good pick. Uh, you're not worried at all about the Ames factor. I, I looked at that game, but then I – my, uh, There's I an Ames. Our, you got an Ames, Ames radar. Ames yeah, alarm like bell. it, 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 it goes off every once in a while. It's like that game could get <laughs> wild, and uh, it's every once in a while that happens in Ames where it gets a little crazy. Um, I went Utah with my four. I got them at three and a half. We can do four if you want. Um, Utah minus three and a half. Yeah, they. They just look awesome again since at the UCLA. Loss. Yeah, tough game. I mean, but I, you know, looking at the track record, they've they've dumped forty plus on UCLA. They won't be afraid to get in a shootout. I think the way that they're running the football and their defense will be the difference. They have the best defense in the Pac-12. UCLA hasn't seen a defense quite like this. I think it'll force a couple turnovers. And there's just something about Utah since they got in the Big Twelve. I think they love going to Los Angeles and winning whether it's UCLA or USC. So I'm going to go with the Utes and uh, keep riding them and, and and see if they can't get another win. I can see that. I can. Uh, Three-pointer for me, Illinois, minus three and a half at home against Iowa. Uh, Illinois, they have been a spread-covering machine, four and one oh. against the spread. But they're only lost that weird game against Indiana that they totally dominated, but they didn't they didn't win the game somehow. But it was a Friday night game. They should have won, but they didn't. But otherwise, four and one in their four covers, they've covered by an average of 19 points. Uh Iowa is Iowa. All defense, no offense, rinse, repeat, right? That's uh, you know, a 10-point lead against them just feels insurmountable. Uh give me the future Big Ten West champs, Illinois to cover it'd be a quite a two-week stretch for brett if he could knock off his alma mater and the team he used to coach for in back-to-back right. weeks and right. teams that pride on being physical so props to brett bielema for that start there um at north carolina is my three plus four they're just better than miami anyway offensively with drake may i think uh they've won the last three meetings with the hurricanes is that what the line is it should be plus four that's what i saw it at last night miami minus four mm-hmm. um I think the Tar Heels and Drake May, who we wrote about a couple weeks ago, they did lose to Notre Dame, but I think they keep the offense going. They got a really good shot winning the Coastal, too. So I think North Carolina has an offense that you need to watch, and the Tar Heels get it done for a fourth straight time against the Hurricanes and keep those ACC Coastal hopes alive. I believe I can see that one. Uh, Two-pointer for me, Wake Forest, minus 17 at home against Army. 
it's kind of a big number. It is. But, and, it's, and it, you know, it's tough to cover against a ball control team like Army. But, you know, Wake's got a ton of firepower, and I don't think Army will be able to keep up like it did last year when they had that wild 70-56 to 56 game. Army 1-3 and three against the spread. The only team they covered against was Villanova. Wake Forest is 4-1 and one against the spread, and they're averaging 40 points a game. That's your, your magic number there. I think Wake has got too much for Army. They win by at least 20. Yeah, you know, that was a wild game last year for sure. So uh, I just don't know that Army has the secondary to keep up with Wake. And Wake's a good team. Wake, despite that, I mean, they're overtime away from being undefeated and probably ranked sixth or seventh. Um, hmm. And Dave Clawson, man, there's another guy that should get calls, but props on him for continuing to stay in Winston-Salem. <laughs> we have not talked about Oklahoma, Texas at all. At all. So I made it my two. I'm going to go Oklahoma with my two. Uh, seven points in that rivalry is you got to take it because they're typically a one-score game anyway. doesn't matter that they're both bad. It doesn't matter who they're playing quarterbacks. I've been to that game. It is a bucket list game no matter what you do, right? Like I, I went to it. That was a year, one of the years where Texas beat Oklahoma with Charlie Strong and uh, maybe the only one. It was all, it's an awesome experience. Everybody should do it. It, smells like fried food it's awesome it's early in the morning i love the cotton bowl our editor elliot punnel doesn't like classic stadiums like he thinks the rose bowl is not great or he thinks the cotton bowl is not great those places are awesome to me i don't care what it smells like i don't care what the chairs are i you know they're part of the history of the game so i'm gonna take ou in the seven i think they got embarrassed last week i think they bounced back they've owned this series in general in recent years I think you you were the one that told me first time since 98 they're both not ranked. It's wild. But I'll, I'll go with the Sooners to cover the seven as my two. So here's a good sign for you. I typed up Oklahoma, Texas, taking Oklahoma as my pick and then erased it because I, I decided I wanted a different game. Yeah. But I've done that exercise twice this year during our underdog challenge contest on SportingNews.com where I typed up an answer, typed something up and then deleted it. And both of those times the team yep. pulled off the upset and I, I did not, the, 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 right. the, you know, I did not get the credit for it. So that's a good sign for you. I did not like that. Dylan Gabriel might not play. Is that, did that, they know? Yeah, no, that wouldn't be good. Um, so uh, that's why I backed off on that. But otherwise, like I said, I had Oklahoma. I think they are, you know, I think they will cover. It just feels like that's a weird, weird game. They they'll bounce back. It's, they expect the unexpected with that rivalry usually. So, anyway, my one pointer. I went TCU. Oh, minus you know, seven Kansas, at Kansas. Kansas. I was, Come on. I was, I was on the Kansas bandwagon early. I think the bandwagon take, is about to hit a brick wall. It's about to hit a brick wall, no. Bill. This, I think it's the end of the line that. I think they're going to be underdogs the rest of the way, the whole season. The, every game, I think they're going to be an underdog. I hope they get to six and six, uh, seven and five, whatever. But I, they're going to have to pull another upset or two. You know, TCU looked really, really good last week. Like you said, Duggan, he leads the nation in passer rating right now. Um, you know, the Frogs put up 668 yards against Oklahoma. You know, KU has a good offense. They can keep up, but I, I – I got to go with TCU. I, I I talked about the energy and trying to keep it up week after week after week. Game day will help. 
but I'm going with the frogs. I thought you'd get a kick out of that one. <laughs> no, that's, that's, yeah, the, the bandwagon. See, you're, you and then the rest of Twitter will follow you after <laughs> they lose. So then they'll then they'll go back to hating Kansas when Kansas is dominating college basketball. That's going to be – those are fearless predictions that aren't really predictions because they're going to come true. Um, I got Tennessee as the one, and I don't feel great about it, but I feel mm. like – they're ready to prove it. And, you know, we'll get this stage with Alabama next week. That could be a lot of fun. Um, What's the spread? What you got? Three and a half. I'll take the three and a half on the road. Minus three and a half. Tennessee goes down to LSU and covers. Um, okay. Hendon Hooker. I mean, he's the main. He he doesn't turn the ball over. And there was a stat out there about just how remarkable it is. And and as somebody that likes the Packers in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, it's like it's an, it's an event when Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, I think it's going to be an event if Hendon Hooker turns the football over. So I'm going to trust the Vols to set up that Alabama showdown. Um, minus three and a half. I, man, I'd had a bad weekend last weekend. So we definitely have to bounce back a little bit and hold you off. But so you and I went, mixed it up, favorites and underdogs this week. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. We'll review here. So my four pointer, Kansas State minus two. Illinois minus three and a half, uh, Wake Forest minus 17 at home against uh, Army and TCU minus seven on the road at Kansas. You've got Utah minus three and a half at UCLA, North Carolina getting four at Miami coming off a bye week after yep. the MTSU. Oh, uh, Oklahoma plus seven at a neutral site game in Dallas against Texas and Tennessee minus three and a half at the SEC Death Valley and right. LSU. All right, trivia time. Bill, have you been contemplating oh, the, histi- the history of Kansas football? I think I have six of them. I okay. can't find the whole and, – and one is the key. I've got five for sure. So, okay. Uh, and I can show off a little bit. I think I can do this in order. Um, so, Leopold, before him it was Les Miles. Correct. Before him it was – Charlie Weiss or David Beatty? David Beatty. David Beatty. David Beatty. Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss. That's three. Turner Gill. Mm-hmm. Mark Mangino. Mm-hmm. Then the hole. I don't know the next guy. <laughs> but then I think this is the key to it, to getting six. Glenn Mason was one of them. Glenn Mason is correct. Yeah, so who did I miss? You got your six. Terry Allen. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. The Vikings running back? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, like, I don't think so. It's not him. Glenn or, Mason. The only yeah, the only he, reason I got Glenn Mason is he obviously a high state guy, and then went on to minute. I was trying to figure out in my head what year did he leave Kansas to go? Because then he co- coached Minnesota and had a successful career, obviously. And uh, long story short, the only reason I got that is um, Kansas had a running back back in the '90s named June Henley that played in Columbus. So like. He recruited him to Columbus or to Kansas. They went to a bowl game with Glenn Mason. So, yeah. Again, well, that's, that's why I say they've had success. If I've seen Glenn Mason do it, right? And then I so, just pointed out that they've been ranked once in twenty six years, yeah. so and that's you, probably you know. So, <laughs> do you remember Glenn Mason? He won ten games at Kansas, mm-hmm. accepted the Georgia job, then turned it down. After he had accepted, went back to Kansas for one more year and then went to Minnesota but for 10 years. There's an interesting alternate history with Ohio State, too, because Glenn Mason, the leading candidate for that job when John Cooper left, 
and they hired Jim Trestle instead. I mean, and Glenn Mason, again, they were really tough to deal with at Minnesota with Maroney and Barber and, and what yeah. he had built there. But they were okay. Jim, they, he didn't have the grade. He, they were, they they were, were okay. Good. I looked at it. They, they were basically – Seven and five every year. I mean, for there, when he inherited it, it was pretty bad. And then yeah. Ohio State, obviously, with Jim Trestle, the rest is a very grim history for the rest of the Big Ten. So six out of seven, what is that percentage-wise? That's like 80, 80%. Yeah, I'm giving you full credit. I only wanted six out of seven. Terry Allen so, is pretty obscure. Terry Allen, I'm going to look him up next. But, yeah, so uh, – Good job. There, there we go. Thank you. I'm, very I, good. So you can't say I don't know my Kansas history. That's right. That's right. Uh very good. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank everybody for uh, joining us. Uh, possibly join us on Twitter Spaces this weekend, and then tune in Saturday night sportingnews.com. Bill Bender will have his overreactions to all of the action. He will have a revamped CFP playoff picture, resetting things after some developments. Will we have a new team in the top four? Who knows? Tune in Saturday night. Bill will break it down for you on sportingnews.com. Until then, thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs>